Premier League season is over, but we still have the Champions League and Europa League to come. And Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorer. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favorite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals, and more to create your own personalized bet. And if you can't watch the games live with Bet365 Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from the Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pod on the Time, brought to you by The Athletic. My name's Taylor Payne. Welcome back to the podcast. It's absolutely wonderful to welcome back into the fold Mr. Chris Waffles Woff, fresh from his recent nuptials, marrying uh, Mrs. Waffles. How are you doing, Woff? Are you all right? <laughs> I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, I'm very good. I'm just uh, I'm just fiddling with my wedding ring, which I'm still getting used to being oh, on. Dear. That's uh, very strange. So. Yes, you do that. You'll be spinning it round and stuff, and uh, just make sure it doesn't uh, it doesn't drop off and you don't know where it's gone or anything like that. But uh, yeah, well, I've, it, got really, I've got How really it, fat anyway? knuckles, so there's no chance of it, of it falling off because I've got thin fingers, but then it just gets stuck in the knuckle. But yeah, it was uh, it was very good. I mean, absolutely paid it down on the day so that was yeah that was uh that was yeah, quite my family my family surprised us by standing outside but they just got they just looked like drowned rats when we came out so that was quite oh, amusing man. but then uh yeah but then i went up to northumberland for a few days had a lovely few walks around sort of crossed uh, dunstanbra up to bambra lovely lovely part of the world so that was very very nice but obviously now delighted to be back sat in my living room and chatting to you so um. well, of course it sounds much better to be doing that than wandering around northumberland with your bride i'm sure mate but th- thank you for for coming back as well. And congratulations to you from myself, also from George, who isn't here today. He's off on his jollies. Uh, and obviously from the rest of the listeners as well, congratulations. And it's a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'm sure you're going to be very happy together. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind. No problem at all. Well, we've got a special little kind of episode today, haven't we, where it's just me and you. Uh, we're going to go through some questions that we've had uh, put to us via Twitter. Uh, we'll go through some of the stuff that you uh, you spoke about in the mailbag as well on the on the website. We'll get through all of that. Uh, maybe a slightly shorter episode, but, you know, good things come in small packages, don't they, Chris? Well, that's what I have to keep telling everyone, yeah. <laughs> Unless it's sausage, in which case you want as much as possible, don't you? Oh, very much. Well, George, right. actually, well, you, you, said that, you said that he's away. He did... He did send me a picture of. I was very, very envious. It was, as he described it, food porn that he sent me yesterday. So it was a, it's, it's, it's a Toulouse sausage, but essentially just mm. looks like a massive Cumberland sausage that he was having, which just looked incredible. Oh, God, let's just imagine that for a moment. That sounds amazing. Is he in France? Is he? Is that where he's gone? I believe so, yeah. Um, mm. But he's could be self-isolating for two weeks when he gets back, but yeah. That sounds like it, yeah, maybe. Very possible. So how are things lying at the minute? I mean, obviously, I wanted to mention, first of all, the uh, the incredible petition and the numbers that that gained over the last uh, the last week or so, the traction that it's had and... You know, it's uh, it's been recognised by Boris Johnson. It's been it's had over forty MPs who've uh, who've backed it and that kind of thing. And and people really looking for clarity and looking for answers from the Premier League. It's an incredible achievement, isn't it? Oh, it really is. I mean, when I went away with so I uh, broke up well not last Friday, the Friday before was obviously the day after the proposed takeover was was withdrawn. And at that point, I yeah. thought, oh, maybe this. This is the saga that ends, but no, this the saga has not ended, and we've actually really seen 
the sort of power of a, of, a, of a united fan base. I listened to the podcast last week, obviously Alex Hurst from uh, yeah. the, the Trust and from Truth Is One, I thought was excellent. And there were some very good points raised. And I mean, the work of the Trust and the work of a lot of supporters that really, and the MPs who, who've really backed this. Look, it, it, this as the point that was raised over and over again last week, that it's Newcastle United it doesn't exist without supporters. The Premier League doesn't exist without supporters. Mm. And maybe there is a reason why this proposed takeover can't and shouldn't happen but at the moment we no fan has been presented with that so that's it, yeah. th- the questions have been raised and that that's what this is all about this is about transparency and clarity and, and the, that really everyone wants to know what happened and why it did take 16 weeks and, and there may be perfectly good explanations for it but at the moment just conjecture just rises instead and people just make their own draw their own conclusions from it and and um i mean i have to be honest there has been as 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 this is always happens in these situations. There has been some unsavory stuff on social media, which I, I've tried yeah. to, to avoid and, and, and uh, has been unfortunate. And I think that the vast majority of fans have been very level-headed about this and they're just pushing for some sort of clarity on this. They want answers. They want yeah. to at least know why this wasn't passed after 16 weeks. And, and, or failed, and said, you know. We well, haven't exactly, found yeah, out whether, was, whether, why it was passed or failed. So, you know, this is the thing, isn't it? The Yeah, the takeover saga rumbles on. The takeover which has been withdrawn in theory, but at the same time, the buyers remain committed if it can go ahead. The seller remains committed. The vast majority mm. of the, the fan base are behind this, and yet it's the takeover that hasn't happened and may not happen. I, I still, like George said last week, I still struggle to see the pathway forward at this mo- yeah. moment in time. But with the claims on Sky Sports yesterday, the, the sources close to Mike Ashley have said that he's still trying to find a way for this to happen. I do know there has been dialogue between him and the, and the prospective buyers. And it seems that they are trying to find a way forward within this, but I, I have to be honest, I don't see what that is yet at this stage. I, I couldn't paint that picture to everyone out there because I just generally don't know right now. Yeah, I think something big's going to have to change, isn't it, for the for the Premier League to change their kind of stance on this. Well, whatever that stance is, like like we say, we don't know what their stance is on this. But if if the things that we've read are true about um, being unable to separate uh, PIF from the from the Saudi state and all that sort of stuff, it, it's going to take a big a big shift in the in the playing field for us to actually be able to get this to go through. I can't recollect there ever been anything like this in football before it, it, it seems like such a unique uh, a unique position and a unique thing to have to deal with and typically it would have to be Newcastle United who deal with it wouldn't it it's me- it's absolutely crazy oh yeah it's the it's the Newcastle United takeover that's what that that's what this is and that's 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 <laughs> yeah there's nothing surprises you now in this saga and yet at the same time there are twists and turns that come that you didn't see coming but we shouldn't be shocked about whichever way it it does end up going when it actually happens um and so yeah we thought when we recorded the the podcast on on that friday morning that this was sort of closure this may be the end and instead we are here 10 days or whatever it is later and really it remains about as clear as mud as it has done for the last four and a half months Standard Newcastle United practice. Just let things rumble on and become even more confusing and weird. Sounds about right, doesn't it? It does. It does. It wouldn't it wouldn't be right if it wasn't like that. It wouldn't. Shall we crack on with uh, with some of the questions and, and, and some of the stuff that Quite we've a had few in here? Takeover related ones, aren't there as well? So there is as well, yeah. So um let me just uh find them. <laughs> I had a system set up and it's completely uh it's completely embarrassed me instantly. Well, as you do that, I'm just going to pour my coffee so that it doesn't make a loud Ooh, noise in a second. Do it. I'm just pushing the cafetiere down first, and then here we go. Uh, 
So it doesn't sound like I'm having a wee. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hi there, I'm David Ornstein, and I've launched a brand new show on YouTube, Ask Ornstein, where I answer questions from our athletic subscribers. To get your question answered, simply leave a comment at the bottom of my column every Monday, and I'll choose my favourites. To watch the show, head over to the TIFO Podcast YouTube channel, and a new episode will be up every Tuesday afternoon. Okay, so this is um, this is one of the first ones that I saw, and I wanted to start with this, and I, I found it was an interesting question, uh, and it's from John Gandhi, um, and he has said, flipping the viewpoint around for a moment, what would you do now in Richard Master's position? Stay silent, hope it all blows over, make a bland statement, or resign even? Lots of pressure building on him at the minute. I mean, there is pressure building on him and under the Premier League. I mean, I, the one thing I, I certainly want to avoid, and I think a lot of other people would, is making this sort of personal. I mean, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Richard Masters is, is an individual, and yes, he is a very influential individual in this process, but this is not just down to him. This is He is not the, the sole reason why this is this stasis that has happened. But he has to come out, and he, well, he has to think about what is going to happen next. I mean, we've seen that the the independent football ombudsman suggested that the Premier League should make a, a statement. Obviously, Boris Johnson has been involved in in, in and the, the Chancellor, Rishi Shunak, various MPs, more than 40, yeah. most of the MPs in the North East, have told the Premier League they should make a statement. Whenever Richard Masters, throughout the process, has been asked about it, he's given very bland, generic uh, corporate sort of statements of, of, yeah. of we can't speak about it. Well, I think we'll be on that point now. And so, what what Richard Masters does next? I don't think it's just him. I think this is wider. This is this is what does the Premier League do next? And I think they've got themselves in a little bit of a hole because I, I think that they'll be wondering how how they do move on to this next because there there is always going to be the the threat of potential legal action, be that from Ashley or the or the or the potential buyers or the 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 threat that 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 they could if they come out and say something they could potentially prejudice any future yeah. uh, bid f- from from the current buyers so mm. what the Premier League do next I very much imagine that it'll probably be what they've done all along which is try and stay not say nothing but how long yeah. that is sustainable for I'm not really I sure mean, because they, the pressure really is building could they potentially just stay silent and ignore this and hope it all goes away they could try that but I don't think it is just going to go away and and the issue is that one of their own 20 member clubs is now is significantly at a detriment because of this because they have an owner yeah. who who wants to sell and so i think the pressure i think that's where the the main pressure that will be applied to the premier league we've got all this external pressure and really that isn't good for their reputation but if mike ashley is pushing as as hard as has been led to believe from certain reports and from my information that he has mm. had that dialogue if mike ashley himself is pushing internally well that is one of the actual owners of the 20 member clubs and it is a member organization at the end of the day so i think that is where the pressure may come as to w- will they make a statement I, I think more likely is we'll probably see something will probably be done quietly behind the scenes is is what what outcome that will be i'm not necessarily sure but i think the premier league will probably exhaust all avenues behind the scenes as to move how they can move forward before they try and say something publicly would be what i suspect but as i said earlier nothing would surprise me absolutely nothing would surprise me uh, just interesting talking about Mike Ashley there as well. There's a question here from Kevin Cuthbertson, and he said, "Do you think uh, a lot of fans are being duped by Ashley again?" It's an interesting thought. Uh, his latest release through Sky seems like a PR play to me, especially as it's his go-to platform to spout. Do you think he's genuine, uh, or do you think he's using the uncertainty to try and get fans on side? I mean, I I genuinely think Mike Ashley's a willing seller now. 
I, I wasn't entirely sure about this in the past. I, I was never sure about whether he wanted to sell Newcastle United. But the stuff that we've heard over the last few weeks and the fact that he's still committed to the deal, if it's if it's there, would suggest to me that he's he's still a willing seller. So I'm not sure about playing uh, the fans or using it as a PR stunt. What, what about How do you feel about that, Chris? Well, just going back to was it October, November, when we started doing Pod on the Tain, if you'd have told me that come August... Uh, Mike Ashley would still be owner, and yet it'd almost be, I wouldn't say sympathy from Newcastle fans, but almost some sort of recognition that he probably isn't the problem here. Yeah, I would yeah. have I would have laughed at you. But yes, I mm. think we've reached that stage whereby Mike Ashley, the man who is universally disliked and who just about every single Newcastle United fan wants gone, he isn't the problem. I can see the concern that's being raised there, and, and I suppose in some ways Ashley can use this as an excuse to, to however he's going to approach uh, looking after the club and then I say looking after it's probably it's probably a controversial thing to say that Mike Ashley's looked after the club but how he Ooh. runs the club over the course of, course of the next uh, yeah. few weeks and months or however long this period of stasis continues for I don't think it is just a tactic from Agreed he, he, he is a willing seller look he, he maybe yeah. is getting it maybe is uh, beneficial to him that he's able to get this information out there because then at, at a time when the club needs investment and needs to really be thinking about next season, they can say, look, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to, to, to sell the club. I don't think it can be overlooked that he needs to to maintain his responsibility to to the club and that he, he has to deliver to Steve Bruce and, 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 and the squad really and get them reinforcements that they need if they want to not be in a, in a significant relegation battle next season but I don't yeah. think it is just a tactic for him I think he does want rid of I think I think he realises that if he doesn't get 300, 305 million as he's going to get now for this club are there going to be so many other investors during a global pandemic that he would get that sort of figure is he going to have to invest a lot of money to be able to protect Newcastle and maintain them as a Premier League asset? Uh, because if if he was to to not spend this summer and Newcastle went down, then there's absolutely no chance that they're going to be worth anywhere close to the current deal he has on the table. And he probably will have to put more money in if yeah, he has any exactly. aspirations of getting them back to the Premier League for the third time of asking. So I don't think that is the case, but I can understand that every single move that Mike Ashley does, I understand why fans are cynical about it. I mean, I totally, I understand the distrust of him for, for, for 13 years worth of it. It's what we've become accustomed to, isn't it? Are they making moves with the club's best interests at heart? With are they? Do they really give two rats' asses about the fans? It's it, it's often the case with Mike Ashley that there is a different uh, motive behind the actions that uh, that he's that, that he's doing, you know. So I I, I can I completely understand the uh, completely understand the feeling with the the cynicism. But in this case, I genuinely think um, he's a willing seller. I think he's trying to get out. I think he has been for a while. Um, but you know, this time we just we were unlucky, and and it it kind of feels like what what I hope it doesn't end up with is that we have Mike Ashley. Who's you know when someone's leaving a job and it's their last Friday afternoon and they're just sat sort of not replying to emails, sort of with their feet on the desk taking toilet breaks every five minutes. I hope we don't end up with that Mike Ashley who just completely <laughs> disregards the club and just lets it rot. That's the thing that I'm worried about. You know, that's the thing well, we want to try and avoid. On the theme of, of marriage earlier, he made that statement a few years ago, didn't he? Saying that he's he's wedded to the club. And they're wedded mm. to him, whether he wants to be or not. And I think he was maybe he was slightly disingenuous at that point, but I think that's very much the situation now. That this is this is a marriage he wants out of, and he wanted out of it. He thought he'd be out of it by sort of end of April, start of May time, and instead, 
it's come to August the 11th and he realises that, that really something needs to happen uh, if he's going to get rid of the club for the price that he actually wants. Because it's his other business's inter- interest he's interested in now. He wants to protect the Fraser's group. He wants to have that money to bolster those other interests. He doesn't want to be putting any more money into a football club at a time when it's yeah. so uncertain. You have to remember that another reason why the costs would be uh, potentially lower going forward is we don't know yet when fans, or certainly when a full St. James's Park is going to be possible again. You already had to give away 10,000 half-season tickets last season free yeah so these are all costs which he knows he will have to incur if he doesn't get it off his hands so he wants the club off his hands now so um next question here from at 1892 af 1892 with the name andrew attached to it um so have the buyers formally withdrawn their bid to the premier league if so why do they state that they are still committed to it happening i cannot see the premier league suddenly changing their stance and inviting them back to approve the deal. Is this their thinking, though, with the call to arms? So, obviously, referring to the uh, the statement from Amanda Staveley last week as well. Yes, yeah, so this is... I've seen this question asked quite a lot in the, the course of the last 10 days. And the, the initial press release from the prospective buyers was interesting uh, in that the, prelude, the, like the prelim to it said that they'd officially withdrawn, but then it yeah. doesn't actually mention that in the in the statement itself. Mm. So I put this to someone close to bid yesterday and they were honest with me and they said, look, I don't know exactly whether a letter has actually gone to the Premier League to say we formally withdraw or whatever. But this was the first point that anyone from the prospective buyers spoke on the record throughout the whole process. And that should be taken as how serious this is. And that is a withdrawal of the bid as far as they're concerned in that regard. Yeah. They they insist this isn't just bluster, this wasn't just tactic, it was a genuine withdrawal. Now, in terms of communication with the Premier League, what you have to remember is that throughout the whole process, the communication with the Premier League, at least officially, wasn't direct. So what happens is when the when the deal was agreed between Mike Ashley and the prospective buyers, it was then Newcastle United who informed the Premier League that they had some prospective buyers who needed to go through the owners and directors test. And then whenever there was questions, they would go back through Newcastle United and then be passed on and vice versa. They would come back that way. Right, so yeah. in terms of that direct communication, that is, that, that, that is how this has continued throughout. But there has been, as Amanda Staveley alluded to in her interview with George, there has been sort of indirect communication or unofficial, sorry, communication, whereby at, at least two points, they thought they'd basically given the go ahead that this would happen, certainly before the process started and sort of, April, May time. So, yes, I understand the technicality of has this been withdrawn or not. They insist that that, that it has been and that they will not, that PIF will not be coming, at least the PIF element of this, will not be coming back around the table unless they are given indication that they would actually pass the test if they did. Mm. Oh, it's all very complicated, isn't it, Chris? It is, it is. (laughs) It's all very complicated. Uh, So let's uh, let's have a look here. Um, This is an interesting question. Um, This is from Mike Driver. Would any of the three of you, I presume he's referring to George as well, obviously George isn't here, so we'll speak on his behalf. Uh, Would any of the three of you take take Newcastle United in a lower division backed by local business and honest ownership as opposed to the empty and hollow one which exists under Mike Ashley? Wow, that's a a strong, powerful question and one which evokes sort of quite a few different feelings because in one sense I would love... I would love Newcastle United to be locally owned. I would love it to be fan owned. I'd certainly love it yeah. to be fan owned. But locally owned, yes. I, I fear that certainly at the top level, we've probably gone beyond the stage where that is feasible. Um, obviously, in the 90s, you had local millionaires, the likes of Sir John Hall and, and uh, Jack yeah. Walker and, 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 and 
at all. But then I think Roman Abramovich sort of changed it all when he came in. And so now it really is billionaires or conglomerates or countries even, as we've seen, I suppose, yeah, as, as yeah, is more yeah. pertinent to Newcastle United, who are trying to buy football clubs. So... But if I'm going to, the, the romantic in me says I would love it to be locally owned. Would I, would I sacrifice that for Newcastle to be in low? I suppose it depends how low you're talking, but I just, I just don't danger, think that, yeah. yeah, I just don't think that as a Premier League club, a sustainable Premier League club can operate at least as things stand the way that things are and, and have any ambition of quote unquote competing. And by that, I even mean being sort of top 10, top eight if they're just by a locally owned millionaire or whatever, I think that unfortunately will be on that. And so it's a difficult one because I would I, I would very much like to see it happen, but I just think the realist in me says that unfortunately I think uh, it, it, that isn't that isn't realistic. No, and apologies for that noise there. I've just dropped my uh, dropped my phone on the floor while you were talking. I do apologise, Chris. <laughs> so, so so angry at what I've said that you just that's what it is. I just it. threw me phone on the floor. We got a couple more to get through before we finish up. Do you like beer? Do you like free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. Thanks to our very good pals at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash tyne and cover the postage of just four ninety five. And if that wasn't enough, as a listener, put on the tyne. Taylor, what, Taylor, what, George, what? Is this about cans? Are you, te- are you, are you is this seriously about cans? Are you, I'm are sorry, you man, trying, are you trying to take the piss? Out of every the, single Newcastle fans listening to this, I just get the scripts and I read them, man. I don't. I, I didn't. Is choose there it. no fee, Is there no thought to your audience here? Because this is. I mean, this is outrageous. Do you know what? I've been feeling tired. I've been feeling depressed, and now I just feel absolutely bloody furious again. <laughs> God, carry on. I am sorry. I am sorry. I, I should really have thought about this, shouldn't I, before I started reading about beers and cans and things. Um, <sighs> As if that wasn't enough, as a listener, pod on the tiny, you'll get two extra free beers. So that's 10 free beers. 10 free beers, George. What would you do with that? Uh, beer no 52. excuse to drink them now. <laughs> beer 52 are beer pioneers. Uh, they traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from a great small batch breweries that planet Earth has to offer. No surprise, then, that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club each month beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme and themes have included things such as germany korea belgium south africa california new zealand despair misery embarrassment uh and lots of other things (laughs) many more but they haven't forgotten their roots as in independent uk beer company uh beer 52 are also passionate about the uk craft beer scene the beat you beer 52 is that you can leave at any time and withdraw your bid the power is in your hands as well as the the best most interesting Bit. beer company Bit. <laughs> you cans can. oh no <laughs> I have to do, <laughs> to do this all over again oh pull it together george the beauty of beer 52 is that you can leave at any time the power is in your hands as well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy. Your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it all off. If you don't like dark beers, you can choose the light plan. It's as easy as that. Just go to beer52.com forward slash Tyne and get your case free. And don't forget, right now, pod on the Tyne listeners, get two 
extra free beers to drown their sorrows. Take care. Okay, I'd like to see Newcastle bring in two possible sign-ins. This is from Elliot Parasmo. Uh, realistic sign-ins. Who do you think they would be? I would like to mention uh, in this um, Jetro Willems because I love that bloke and the goal of the season video that Newcastle put out the other day reminded me just how brilliant he was when he was on form. Um, and I'm not sure where things stand with his knee injury and stuff like that, but I would love to see us go in, go back in for Jetro and get him back here. What about you, Chris? Well, I actually had a question in the mailbag, which I, uh, I couldn't put in because I just had too many to answer about Jetro Films and whether Newcastle were going back in for him. Now, the agreement that they had with uh, with the, with Eintracht Frankfurt, that ended with when the loan deal ended. So it was, I think it was about 10, 11 million was the clause in the deal when the loan deal ended at the end of June, then that elapsed. But Newcastle anyway would of luck to reduce that because basically they would be taking a risk if they were to go back and sign Fulham's. I think that their attention is elsewhere as far as left backs, left wing backs are concerned. I, I right. don't okay. expect him to be in the short term at least a priority. I'm not saying that it's, it's entirely ruled out, but I think that they're more likely to go with someone who that they can be confident will be fit. And I don't know what the sort of financial terms that that that, that Frankfurt would be expecting or I, yeah. I think that they quite would quite like to sell, but I just think that for now Newcastle are probably looking elsewhere. In terms of realistic sort of signings I mean it's difficult to to say exactly what that is I mean I've written in the mailbag which you can read on the athletic at the minute a bit more about transfers and and the way things are sort of going with that essentially Newcastle were looking like they were going to have a budget of roughly 60 to 70 million pre-covid Bruce decided against spending in January because he hoped that he could supplement whatever he had this summer. And he has supplemented whatever he's had this summer. The only issue is the, the initial amount he was going to get has just been more than halved. So you're now looking at it's roughly, it's somewhere in the region of 30 to 40 million is probably what, what Newcastle would have to spend. That could potentially be supplemented if, there were, if Mike Ashley was to change tack and rather than as he likes to pay everything up front, split it over a longer yeah. period of time. But my understanding is that they're looking at a lot of sort of loan deals, free transfers, also, it's been bargain put to basement bucket contract. Yes, although, although, although to be fair on Newcastle, I don't think they're alone in this. I think that the lot of the no, market will be yeah. similar this this year. And and so one of the things that that's been put to me, Newcastle are trying to do as well, or have proposed, and I think other clubs are trying to do the same, is that the potential for swap deals are part exchange. And so it's been put to me that Fabian Shared being offered to a couple of French clubs who Newcastle will look and maybe do deals with as as, as a possible oh, really? part okay. exchange, or at least floated as, as a possible idea. Whether right. it was ever got to the point that this was close this was at least floated as an idea sorry i know it's a very roundabout way of answering this question but the 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 play i definitely think they need a striker so if i if i my personal opinion is that whatever money they actually have should be going on striker so who that would be i mean i I, they they do really like callum wilson and they've also looked at at, at josh king at bournemouth i'd say as an out-and-out striker callum wilson's probably more of an out-and-out striker than josh king he seems to King seems to have played a bit more out wide there, although I think he wants to hit through the middle. So I'd probably go for Callum Wilson on that front. Which one's cheaper, Chris? Which one's cheaper? Well, I don't know. I don't know exactly how much they're looking for for King, but what I was told was that that the, what they expect for Wilson would be twenty million pound plus. So that's going to be a significant portion of whatever budget Newcastle would have. So, um, so I would probably Half for Joe I'd, Linton, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah. Well, that, that's that's how all things are measured nowadays, isn't it? Hard it is, do. yeah. Which it's is, like you know is, when you used to have you used to measure things in double decker buses or seven four sevens or football pitches as a unit of measurement. It's now a Joe Linton, isn't it? So that's Newcastle's it is. entire budget is less than a Joe Linton, is what we're saying. It's less than a Joe. Linton. 
It's which point is, six is of a Joel Linton. <laughs> um, but oh, so I, I think I would probably go f- for Wilson and the striker front. And then other position is midfield. I mean, Jeff Hendrick is certainly someone they have looked at. I know there's been yeah. reports in the last couple of days that's close. I can't confirm or deny that. I've been trying to chase this up, but I do know that he is someone who has been certainly over the last couple of weeks seen as a, as a real option yeah. because essentially he's, he's available on a free transfer. And I think he would... I don't think they've entirely dismissed the idea of signing Neville Bentaleb, but in a, in, a, in a window where they don't have that much money, um, if they can get Jeff Hendrick on a free transfer, probably on slightly lower wages or similar wages, then I think that that, that one seems more likely. So, so there too, I'd float in there. I mean, another name, I know that a lot of people are getting excited about QPR. I'm going to undou- undoubtedly say his name incorrectly here, so I apologise to everyone in advance for this. Go on, then. But Eberechi Easy or Ezzy, I don't know exactly how you say it, but he's the forward... At uh, QPR, it's not it's easy, a lot is of interest it, in him. <laughs> it is it's not easy exact, at all. It's the opposite of easy, fact, isn't it? I know for a fact you were meant to mention his name, and you've just left it for me to say it because you knew you would cock it up. Um, I'm not going through that. No way. I can say Jeff so, Hendricks till the cows come home. I'm not trying. I'm not even attempting the other one. <laughs> um, so I know Palace are very interested in him. West Ham. Now he is someone who who Steve Bruce likes a lot. Newcastle's uh, recruitment mm. team have, have watched him a lot. But I'm not going to try and necessarily get fans too excited about the possibility of this one just because I know, as I say, Newcastle have to prioritise things this summer. They want an out-and-out centre forward. I'm not ruling this one out entirely, but I just think that Newcastle may be reluctant to get drawn into a bidding war with QPR, with with other clubs in in QPR. So I I wouldn't want to get excitement up on this. He is definitely a player they like. He's definitely something they've watched, but I I wouldn't by any stretch say that they are favourites to sign him at this stage. Craig Allen also asked on Twitter, would you... (laughs) Would you rather sign Jeff Hendricks on a free uh, or get an extra chicken nugget in your Happy Meal? I mean, that's a, that's a choice, isn't it? Well, that's a big decision. That's a big, big it is, decision. Isn't it? I'm not sure um, if I'm mentally in the right place to make them kind of decisions. <laughs> I mean, I have to be honest, I know, I know there seems to be quite quite a lot. Of, everyone's quite underwhelmed by the possibility. A lot of people are quite underwhelmed by the possibility of Jeff Hendrick. I'm not going to pretend that I've watched Jeff Hendrick closely over the last few years. I've seen him on the odd occasion. I think he's a fairly solid midfielder. I don't... I've seen him playing for Ireland a few times, and I thought he was I thought he was quite decent, you know. But yeah, that's I mean, just Burn- based Burnley, off the two Burnley or three games I read him quite highly. So, yeah. um, I just... And I, and I, look, I understand, and it, it's a typical... And I see why people are saying it's a typical Mike Ashley, Steve Bruce saying, I understand all of the sort of negativity towards it. Unfortunately, I just think expectations... Even by even the low expectations that Newcastle United fans have of transfers under Mike Ashley, yeah, <laughs> they may even have to be te- they even may have to be tempered, yeah. yeah, just because. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that surprises us all. But um, certainly, my understanding of the conversation that that Ashley had with with Bruce just after the season ended was sort of basically he, Mike Ashley admitted to him saying, "Look, look, the budget the budget has been significantly hit by COVID. A lot of clubs around you. Obviously, we've seen Arsenal." Have even laid off staff because of, because of COVID. No, it's so, crazy, isn't it? Uh, and as of as of last week, I know that at least some of Newcastle's staff were still on furlough. I'm not exactly sure they still are this week, but that's that's the situation that we're in. It's interesting, isn't it? Because free transfers, um, as you know, often can can work out more expensive in the long run because you tend to pay a higher wage over the the years that you have the player on contract. Demba Bar is one of those ones that springs to mind where God knows what it ended up costing us, even though he was a free transfer. But the, you get some negative com- connotations that come along with the term free transfer, don't you? It's almost like it's a player that nobody wants. It's you know it's a free agent. It's he's a freebie. It's a bargain basement buy. But if it was Jeff Hendrick for sort of five or six million quid I think people would be going oh that's actually not a bad deal 
I think it just depends on how you how you kind of think about him, what the mindset is behind a free transfer. If he's out of contract, then he's out of contract. That's a free transfer, you know? Go for it. I'd- yeah, well, I mean, Adam Lallana was a player that the, the Bruce really liked. They were never really that close to getting him because I don't think they ever wanted to yeah. pay the wages. But if yeah. Adam Lallana comes in a free transfer, that's a completely different sort of mindset. If he comes in, you think, oh, that's a really good, that's a really good transfer. You mentioned Denver Barves. He was a he was a brilliant one to to bring in for that. And I mean, Ryan Fraser's out there as a free transfer. He's someone Newcastle like, but I don't know how close or otherwise that one necessarily is. But just fast forward twelve months and just think if Newcastle don't agree a deal with with Isaac Hayden to extend his contract if he doesn't leave this summer, then Isaac Hayden would potentially be a free transfer next summer. Now that would be an attractive free transfer. I understand I understand the negative connotations that come with it, but sometimes it's just because people want to move on or they they haven't reached an agreement with their current club and they want they want something different. So um yeah, I, I'm not I'm not trying to make out that the Jeff Hendrick saying necessarily should be celebrated if that does come to pass. But I also don't think it's necessarily the end of the world. At the end of the day Newcastle need bodies and need reinforcements bodies this summer. Yeah, need squad so, players. I think a lot of fans forget this, don't they? When you when you when you think about transfers, you think about a first eleven, and you don't really think any further than that. But we do need a squad of twenty five players, and you're going to need those players to come in who are bit part players who who are happy sitting on the bench, who are happy kind of coming on for 10, 15 minutes here and there. And a team is kind of is only as is only as good as its worst player. Do you know what I mean? So you you have to kind of. You have to think about these these deals and these opportunities of, of picking up players to put into the squad. I don't think if Jeff Henry came, he would be playing every week. I don't think he would. He wouldn't certainly knock John Joe Shelby out of his position, and probably not Isaac Hayden either. So he would come in as a as a squad player. Uh, and Newcastle need a squad. That's that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and if you think about, uh, I'm not saying that that if he does come in, that he necessarily would. It is a case of him or Bentaleb. I think it probably would be, but I'm not saying that's definitely the case. But if you think we've got him on a free transfer, albeit as you say, that's never they are actually quite expensive in terms of length of contract. But instead of paying eight and a half million for Nabil Bentaleb, well, as personally, if I look at it like that, from what I saw of Bentaleb during his time in Newcastle, I wouldn't be rushing out to go and spend that no, sort of money on him when you've got a restricted budget. So. Certainly not. Um, okay, uh, two more questions that that were were in the mailbag but didn't uh, make it into that. Um, and also, if you want to check out that mailbag article as well, you can do that on theathletic.com. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial and check out the mailbag and all the other wonderful articles that are on there. And there's also some articles that you've been putting out for free as well recently, isn't there, Chris? Is that right? Yes, unfortunately, I think by the time this podcast goes out, the, the Alan St. Maxwell article will no longer be free, but it was unlocked over the course of the past week, and that was uh, when I went to France to visit his family, friends, coaches, to, to, to basically find out how Alan St. Maxima became Alan St. Maxima. So. Wow. Well, it, you can still read that for free if you take advantage of that 30-day trial. Go to www.theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod, and you can take advantage of that trial. So, a couple of last questions from the mailbag before we finish up, Chris. Will the number nine shirt be taken from Joe Linton this summer? Oh, good question. Um, I think it should be, and I don't. I, I I think psychologically, although it would be a blow to him, maybe in the short term, I actually think it would help him if it was. Uh, Might take a partic- bit of weight off his shoulders, yeah. Yeah, particularly just because it, the number nine means something at Newcastle United, and I'm and it's almost become cliche, but it it does mean something, and it and it. If someone is wearing the number nine and, and now the head coach has, has admitted freely over the course of the last five months or whatever it is that the the person wearing the number nine is not really a centre forward, 
I'm afraid the number nine shouldn't shouldn't be playing it. Dwight Gale's admitted he would like it back. Now, Dwight Gale, do I think is a long-term answer? No. But given the situation Newcastle are in, given that I would like them to sign a striker this summer, but I'm still not convinced that he may he may be more suited to win it. He, he wore in the past and, and, and did well, certainly in the championship. Yeah. With it. But if Newcastle do sign a striker this summer, someone they intend to lead the line, then I think the number nine should be made available to them. Do I expect it to be? I haven't heard that that would necessarily be the case. But... And I think it would be a big admission of defeat from Newcastle, but I think that the reality is that they need to. We're, we're a year into to Joel and being at Newcastle, and I think that he needs that pressure taken off him a little bit with the number nine removed from his shoulders. Absolutely agree. Here we go, last one. This is from Jonathan R on the mailbag. With so many clubs hiring former managers, uh, former players, sorry, as managers, Andrea Halo just taken over at uh, Juventus the other day, which former Newcastle player could you hypothetically envision slash want as Newcastle United gaffer? And excluding former players who have already coached Newcastle like Kevin Keegan. Well, obviously, the, the, the correct answer to this is James Perch, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I, do, I still don't think James Perch has found a club, has he? So, I mean, he's, he could be even player-manager, couldn't he? Out of contract. Out of contract. Yeah. Player, player. Oh, so free still, transfer still there. Still to do a job. Bit of extra meat in the squad, you know. Oh, we need a midfielder. Perfect. They need a midfielder as well, don't they? So There you go. Um, Com- comfortable playing across the back four as well, if needs to. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> other, other people... Um, I mean, Jonathan Woodgate did give it a try, but obviously that didn't necessarily work out at yeah, Middlesbrough. So best. I wouldn't. I think I wouldn't the less be said about that, the better. Yes, to be I wouldn't. They're also similarly Kevin that. Nolan. Yeah, although he's, uh, the start of his career did all right, didn't he? When he st- first started managing, I think he did all right, and then it it sort of didn't go that well after that. But what would be the wild? There'd have to be a wild card out there somewhere, wouldn't there? The, the, you know, someone like Tino Aspria, somebody like that. Just oh, an absolute. Well, just for pure entertainment. Liability. <laughs> No, it, it it is a good it is a good question. I always I always was a bit surprised that Rob Lee didn't go into that sort of uh, that sort of line of. I, I thought he might have gone into a bit more sort of management sort of style. He, he strikes me as a as a manager. I've maybe. personally experienced Rob Lee's management style when he was in charge of our team in a charity football game at St James's Park, and I can tell you that he's no man manager. He's not a man <laughs> motivator. In fact, quite the opposite. In fact, I believe the words he said to me were, "You're shit." I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> At least he's honest. I mean, he's right as well. I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but possibly, hey, you never know. Rob Lee. Les Ferdinand's a funny one, isn't it? Because he went, he's gone into director of football uh, role So Nick And Nick Ostabizas as well, yeah. I mean, there's a few people who've uh, who've done it over. Tamuri Ketsbaya, of oh, course. Became, we, well, he, well, he's, he did manager. manage, didn't he? But then he did, yeah. he, did he then go into sort of more... He managed the team in Cyprus, didn't he, for a while? Yeah, I think he did quite well for a while. Was it Famagusta, was it? Yeah, Famagusta, that's right. And um, I, I'm sure he's he's moved upstairs and stuff like that with, with some club or other. Ah, I mean, I'd love to see stuff. him kick another hoarding at St. James's Park. I mean, that's what we've been missing. Sorry, say that again, Chris? I'd love to see him kick another hoarding. Oh, sorry, I, I totally misheard that there. I do apologise. <laughs> <laughs> What's Waffles talking about on the podcast? <laughs> Jesus, my heart went there for a second. I didn't know what you'd said. Right, okay. I think we'll wrap things up on that. <laughs> yes, I, th- I think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right, okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 
Thank you very much for listening. Uh, this has been Pod on the Tyne. Please uh, get yourself on theathletic.com uh, forward slash Newcastle pod and check out that 30-day free trial. Uh, we shall hopefully be back with you next week uh, and the dulcet tones and the merry disposition of Mr. George Culkin shall return as well. Thanks no, a lot for no, listening. No, he, he won't. Oh, well, he not. Where is he? Is he is, no. like, He's away for a fortnight, I believe. So. A fortnight? What does he a think fort- this is? Fort- I know. I know. Six he thinks weeks old days or something. Time off. Shocking. But just before we go, I just want to say a thank you to everyone for the very kind messages that I received on uh, on social media over the past week. So that was very, very nice. Thank you, everyone. Oh, that's lovely, Chris. Don't know what you're getting yourself into, do you? <laughs> <laughs> and also good luck to Mrs. Waffles as well, because God knows she's going to need it. Thanks very much for listening, ladies and gents. Look after yourselves, take care, and we shall speak to you soon. Bye-bye.